Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And once again, I'm your host, John June. And of course, I got my guy, my co-host with me, Greg Penniman. Greg, what is good? What's good? You know, how's it going, people? I'm out here feeling real good. You know, we just had this fantasy draft. Just killed it. You already know how we do, you know, every year. Coming to having a plan and, we, you know, we executed again. I, I like what we have and that bench upside is real nice. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, we always, you know, we always come in having a plan. But this year, I think, you know, we, we actually got punched in the mouth a little bit during we this did. draft. We did right? early, early. Did. <laughs> <laughs> early. I mean, we were hoping to get, you know, uh, we, we were kind of eyeing Jonathan Taylor. I had kind of talked you into that. And then he got taken from us. And, you know, we were maybe hoping that one of these other running backs, these workhorse backs like a a Le'Veon Bell would make it back to us, or Chris Carson potentially, but that didn't happen. So uh, we went ahead and got and got your sleeper running back, Mark Ingram, man. So uh-huh. I know you're, you're excited about that one. Yeah, definitely very excited about that one. Mark Ingram going to be in a lot of high over games, uh, just in general. Uh, you know, I was saying, you know, that 10 touchdown number, uh, I expect him to, to be right there at the end of the season. Yeah, man, definitely in the range of outcomes for Mark Ingram in this very potent offense. Um but, you know, let's let's just, I guess, kind of run through it a little bit. I mean, our first round pick, we took we took your guy uh, at the 111 spot, Austin Eckler. Yep, yep. So, you know, pick. I mean, I've, I've been watching. I know I've, I've filled you in. I've been watching Hard Knocks a lot, man. And, and you know, <laughs> yeah, facts. two of the guys that have gotten the biggest bump for me have been Austin Eckler and, and Keenan Allen. So count, count me in, man. Um, and then. At the two at the uh, two o two spot, we went ahead and got my ride or die running back uh, Nick Chubb, man. So how you feeling about that one? Yeah, you know, best of both worlds. Got got Nick Chubb. We got that stability. I'm expecting you know that twenty touch marker for RB one with the Eckler being you know the PPR machine and just everything machine that he should be this year. Uh, you know, I was saying you know forty touches a game is not out the realm for both these guys combined. So I, I'm loving it. I'm loving that volume. Yeah, man, absolutely got to love that right there. Um, and then, like we were saying, in the third round, we were hoping to get one of your guys, um, either either Adam Thielen to be our wide receiver one or, um, you know, Mark Ingram. And, you know, we decided to get Mark Ingram. We ended up losing out on Adam Thielen. Uh, but then we, we came back around and we got A.J. Brown, man. He's he's my ride or die at the wide receiver position. But, uh you know, how are you feeling about that pick, Greg? Yeah, actually, it, it came down to A.J. Brown or Allen Robinson. And then when we, when we came down to it, we were saying, you know, who who's going to give us those boom those boom weeks? You know, Allen Robinson might be the more consistent back, but just the, just a guy, A.J. Brown, could win us a week. So uh, we, we boomed with that. We took the boom there. Uh, and it was sitting real nice with A.J. Brown and uh, Mark Ingram, yeah, especially as our RB3. Yeah, that was a... That was a really tough decision right there. Yeah, <laughs> like you facts. said, we were looking at Allen Robinson or A.J. Brown and just knowing that, you know, Allen Robinson's a guy that's probably going to see 140 to 150 targets. And, you know, in a, in a you know, granted it's half point PPR, but especially in a full point PPR, you know, targets are targets are king. And so, you know, in terms of the every week's stability, we, we were thinking about Allen Robinson. But like you said, man, those boom weeks – you know, those are those are going to be the, you know, 25-point games, 30-point games yep. right there. Yep. 
And we remember AJ Brown being that guy down the stretch last year, you Absolutely. know, leading people to chips. So, um, you know, big part of the reason why we're high on him here. And then, you know, the way we finished this draft up, I mean, we were kind of sitting there hoping Keenan Allen would make it back to us in the fifth or Ooh, maybe DJ Shark. Open. One pick away with DJ Shark. Um, but then we, you know, we said we, we got to get this second receiver here. Um, you know, granted our, our wide receiver position, we, you know, with AJ Brown is, a, you know, a little boomer bust, you know, maybe not the flo- the every week floor that you would want from your, from your wide receiver position, but we went ahead and paired him with Hollywood Brown, man. <laughs> just boom, yeah, on, boom, I mean, on, boom, man. Boom, 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 on, boom, boom. On, boom. Yeah. Uh, I just know I was saying like, we're, no one should outscore us if they all hit, uh, we should have, you know, uh, last year was a, a very excellent team, but this year I think. Uh, you know, we'll have those high scoring games um, for Hollywood. And then I was saying, you know, we have Mark Ingram, too. So we could just, you know, swap them in and out for for, you know, depending on the matchup and bad run defenses versus bad pass defenses. <laughs> yeah. And then high over unders. We just play them both. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and then in the sixth round, we reached a little bit. You know, we, we, we did feel the need to reach a little bit here, but uh, the running backs were, were coming off the board. And, you know, with the Ronald Jones news that we'll obviously get into in a little bit, um, you know, Zach Moss became the guy that we were eyeing there in the sixth round, Greg. So I know you're excited about that pick a lot because he's one of the guys that you've been rising on lately. Oh, yeah. This is probably one of my favorite picks of the draft. Uh, you, you know, I got, we got him. I got him in the League of Extraordinary People. I'm trying to get as much Zach Moss as possible. I think, you know, he, this is his job by week two, if not out the gate, uh, you know, we were talking about early about his Devin Singletary's fumble issues from last year. And then reports shortly came after about his uh, fumbling issues in camp and stuff more and more. So, yeah, I think Zach Moss should be the guy in, in, a, in a Bills office that you know is going to run the ball. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, Zach Moss is somebody that we've highlighted, you know, since since July. Yep. And, um, you know, back then he was a value in the ninth round. And here we are. In September, taking him in the in the sixth round, so <laughs> crazy. Um, we were definitely on to something back then, and you know, definitely continuing to follow that scent here. So, in the seventh round, I believe you know, I'm surprised I'm I've been able to keep track of this so far. I know I mean, without any draft results, <laughs> and, and I'm like, where are the draft results? Because you're doing a pretty good job <laughs> with this. <laughs> um, in the seventh round, we we took J.K. Dobbins there. Um. You know, he's somebody that I've been high on since, you know, his career at Ohio State. Um, you know, and then you combine the fact that he ends up in this Baltimore Ravens offense, this high-octane offense, and the way our roster is constructed, we have Mark Ingram. Um, and, you know, the, the only concern with Mark Ingram for me is, you know, he's 30 years old. Um, the Ravens drafted a running back, but here we are with that running back on our roster as well. Uh, so what do you what do you, where are you where are you at with J.K. Dobbins, man? Oh yeah, you know I'm high on safety net, and we got ours. J.K. Dobbins for Mark Ingram. We basically you know have he was saying we might not have the Mark Ingram might not finish RB one. J.K. Dobbins might not finish RB one, but the combination of the two might be <laughs> RB one. So <laughs> I'll take that for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, I just you know we were talking about it with C.D. Lamb. How you know I was just in love with the player C.D. Lamb. From the very beginning, you know, before the NFL draft happened and then, you know, draft happened. We see where players land and, you know, I forget about, you know, the fact that I was in love with CeeDee Lamb, the player. And now, 
you get J.K. Dobbins, and it's the same thing at the running back position. Like this is a player that I, I, I even said before uh, the NFL Combine that if I had the 101 with a, in a rookie draft, I would take J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think that that's probably no longer true. I'd, I'd take you know Clyde or J.T. ahead of him at this point, but. You know, I, I'm a believer in the talent, and every time I see him running down the field, catching passes, you know, over a linebacker's head, I, I get even more excited. So, um, in the eighth round, we went ahead and took another guy that I'm, I'm really high on, and that's Brandon Ayuk, Greg. So, oh, yeah. where are you at with with that pick right there? Oh, yeah, I was super high on that. Um, oh, actually, no, we, we took Will Fuller before that, the best pick of the draft. Oh, That's yeah, no, sorry. We took pick. Will Fuller yeah, yeah. in the seventh round. Sorry. So it was Will Fuller in the seventh, JK JK in the uh, eighth. I, I got messed up because he's, he's in the starting lineup now, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, whereas he wasn't before when we drafted him. True, true, <laughs> true. Yeah. After seeing that schedule, first game against the Chiefs, opening night, yeah, high over under. We had to slide in Will Fuller. But, yeah, I love both those picks. And Antonio Gibson, I think, you know, last year we did a good job of getting uh, high upside running backs that end up starting, and we're doing a good job of doing that again. Uh, historically, we've done that, Kareem Hunt, other guys. So, yeah, Antonio Gibson has a chance to win this job. And if not that, then we have Zach Moss. And if not that, we have J.K. Dobbins. If not that, <laughs> we have Damian Harris. Yeah. Damian Harris, who we picked up in the 13th round. <laughs> yep, yep. So, you know, he, um, so, you know, let's just, you know, jump into the news really quick. Uh, just some items that we have to talk about. Um, you know, I, I just mentioned Damian Harris. Uh, he is apparently going, potentially going to miss the, you know, game one, or potentially could miss game two as well with a hand injury. Uh, have you heard anything more about this, Greg? And where are you at with the Patriots backfield? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard much more. He could be, you know, out the uh, first couple of weeks, uh, which is, you know, bad news for him. Especially, he was gaining a lot of momentum in camp. Um, and, you know, you, you could have bet on him, could have probably be, you know, a starter week one as far as getting majority of the, t- the touches for this team. But um, it's looking like, you know, I think James White coming into it before I, I would trust him as, you know, his role doesn't change, I think, as far as being a PPR guy. And I think I would continue to trust him as a good value pick in the mid rounds. Um, James White is, a, is a, a great floor. I mean, we had him last year and he was literally – uh, 11 points or a certain 12 points every week. He's very consistent as a player. So I, I like James White's value. Sony Michelle, I'm not still high on, especially with the cam intrigue as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, you know, like you said, James James White, we know what he's going to be, you know, middle of the round. If you're, if you're going Z, uh, zero, zero running back, yep. he's a guy you probably want to target. Um, or if you just want to, you know, get a, a safe, believe it was 10, 10 points that he gave us every week last year. We were looking at it. It was it was something ridiculous where it was like he scored 10 points like every single week um, except for one week last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he was a very consistent flex for us and, you know, at some points in RB2 um, in bye weeks. So, um, you know, he's you obviously know what you're getting from him. Um, you know, Sonny Michelle, like you said, I mean, the injuries with him scare me. Um, and even – with him even just being active and you know now he's going higher in drafts than Damian Harris like with all the stuff that we heard about Damian Harris like he was explosive he was fast he was um you know he was you know showing showing well in the past game as well we've never heard those things of Sony Michelle so you know to get that guy who can do all of those things but potentially better than Sony Michelle um you know 
in the 13th round that's definitely intriguing but somebody you know maybe in deeper leagues like I, I know Greg you're in a 16 team league so maybe this applies to you or if you're playing DFS like Rex Burkhead like this guy I mean he could True. be you know he could be used in some capacity uh, we don't know per- potentially what kind of capacity it would be but uh, he did take a pay cut to stay around um, you know, obviously I know he does a lot of things for them, including playing special teams, but would you be surprised if Rex Burkhead has some no, kind of no, role week one? No, absolutely <laughs> not. He had a role last year when, before he got hurt. Um, I was, it was a high, like, you know, waiver guy. Anytime there was news that he might come back cause he was always being used when he was on the field. Um, so I see no reason why they wouldn't use him. Belichick likes him as a, a prospect, as a player. Uh, Sonny Michaud, I think, has a short leash. Any Patriot running back does. That's just another uncertainty as well of having a Patriots running back other than James White, really. Uh, you never really know mm-hmm. when their role can go from 100 to zero. So I think, uh, yeah, I would stay away from Sonny Michelle. I think Rex Burhead could be good in, in DFS and in bye weeks if he stays healthy. Uh, and But the person I'm always targeting, yeah, James White, really. Yeah, and then um, so with – also in the, I guess, Patriots camp, uh, Mohamed Sanu, the uh, wide receiver, the veteran wide receiver who was, who the Patriots sent a second-round pick to Atlanta for uh, right before the trade deadline last year, was released yesterday. Um, and again, we were recording this on, on Thursday night. Um, well, Greg, we almost forgot. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, we are switching to our new schedule very soon. Um, so actually, you know, this week we're switching to our new schedule. So Greg and I are both uh, going away for Labor Day weekend. So we're getting the week weekend off. So we're recording this episode uh, Thursday. You guys will probably hear it uh, either Sunday or Monday. Um, but just before we even continue to get into the news, just want to make sure we cover our new schedule uh, for the regular season. So, um, you'll obviously hear this episode, um, but then the next episode that you'll hear from us will be Thursday, September 10th, and that will be covering uh, the Thursday night football preview, the game against the um, Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, we'll be covering that breakdown. It'll be our first breakdown of the year, so you're going to hear us go over uh, the spread, the total. Uh, our picks for the game, and you know all of those fantasy nuggets for the game. Um, also new, which we're doing this year, uh, you're going to get our streams of the week that day as well. So you'll have an opportunity to pick up those, uh, whether it's quarterbacks, tight ends, or defenses, you'll have an opportunity to pick those uh, those players up um, prior to even a Thursday night game, or maybe yep. we'll pick guys from the Thursday night game. Um, and then on Friday, uh, you'll get our Sunday preview part one and then saturday you'll get the sunday preview part two and also on that saturday episode you get the starts of the week so quarterbacks running backs wide receivers tight ends defenses or the whole the whole gamut we don't do defensive start of the weeks i don't know why i said that but um you know quarterbacks you do defense to tight streams. ends no, you'll get defense streaming week yeah you get the streams but yeah. um but you you know so you'll get those starts of the week on saturday as well and then Tuesday, you're going to get the weekly recap um, where we're going to obviously recap all the top scores at each position from the early, from earlier in the week or, I mean, from the from the previous week. Um, and then you'll also hear 
uh, our waiver show. So uh, which which players you need to be targeting on waivers. So, Greg, did I miss anything in that rundown of the new schedule four times a week? Are you ready for all this recording that we're going to be doing? Oh, man, uh, I love it. Recording, recording, recording. You get an episode. You get an episode. Everyone gets an episode, man. You know, Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Th- sorry, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Man, am I correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. Sounds um, good. So, yeah, we'll be here four times a week. So I know last year was three times a week, but we wanted to you know, be able to get these episodes to you so that they could be uh, as concise as possible. So, yes, sir. Um, continuing on to the, the Patriots news. So, so uh, Mohamed Sanu, he was cut from the New England Patriots and is ending up now clearing space or potentially opportunities for Nikhil Harry. Are you interested? I am interested. I was still I was interested in Nikhil Harry even when that news came out that he was out of game game shape and playing shape. I think he can get back into that. So uh I I like Nikhil Harry as the prospect, the player. Uh I think, you know, I'm all about those second year leap guys hype over the, you know, the rookie hype. So uh I like Nikhil Harry. As a late round flyer, yeah, I like Nick. I like Nikhil Harry as a prospect. Um, this, you know, all this stuff about him coming out of camp has been a little concerning to me. Um, you know, outside of the not not being in shape part, there was the, you know, the fact that he he hasn't been able to separate. Um, although that's always been the thing with Nikhil Harry, he hasn't necessarily been able. He hasn't been the best separator. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, we talked about it on the show last year. Like, you could tell the Pats were trying to get him involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they realized at a point, like, okay, you know, Nikhil Harry may not be the best receiver on our team, but he's one of the best guys with the ball in his hands. So let's try to get him the ball any way we can. Mm-hmm. So um, I like his prospects from that point of view. Um, and, it, you know, we, like, we both like Cam Newton, who is obviously our quarterback. In yes, CFB, but we like Cam Newton, and so uh, you know potentially to kill Harry is going to be a beneficiary of that, especially with um, a, you know especially with Muhammad Sanu being out. Um, so you know definitely interested. Gunnar Olszewski, he's also a guy to keep an eye on as well. Um, you know, you know especially in, if you're in dynasty, you should definitely look into him. He's a a guy who. The I think used to play quarterback as well, you know something similar to what Edelman used to do, um, but they brought him in to be a defensive back, and then they moved him to receiver. Um, so I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on there, but he's had a really good camp. Uh, he's second year player. Also, Jacoby Myers could also be interesting as well, just in case like we're wrong on Nikhil Harry. These are just other guys that you could potentially look to. Right, right, right. No more Philip Dorsett. RP. Yeah, no more Philip Dorsett there. <laughs> Um, so the, the biggest news that came out this week, uh, you know, yesterday, um, you know, obviously after, after we recorded and you guys probably all heard our episode on Monday, uh, Leonard Fournette was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Was that Monday or Tuesday, Greg? I believe that was on a Tuesday. I want to say on a Tuesday. Um, (laughs) so, you know, so Leonard Fournette was released and then yesterday, um, he was released on Monday, and then released Tuesday Monday, was when he waivers. was on waivers. Yeah, cleared waivers yep. on Tuesday, uh, and then on Wednesday he was free to sign with with any team that he wanted. 
or any team that wanted him. And um, the he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, so the Golden obviously, State Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, me being, um, you know, I, I don't think I was alone on this Rojo camp, but I was definitely the I was definitely the the, the conductor on the on the fantasy football diagnostics podcast. If yeah, if uh, <laughs> and uh, you sold me on it. Definitely. Yeah, so. It was going right to so Rojo is he was the guy. He's you know, no one on that depth chart. And uh, you know, here it comes for now. I mean, the Pats and the Bucks are like the, the, the teams now. When anyone gets dropped or anything, like, oh, they're probably gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So um, you know, this Fournette news obviously, you know, is a is a killer to Rojo's, you know, value and his his output. I guess I'll just I'll kind of Give my take, Greg, and then you tell me where you're at and if you agree or disagree with 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 where I'm at. But, um, I I you know I basically statted him out and I know I have I still have Rojo at 35, Leonard Fournette at 41. Um, that very well could change. You know, it was just a very like knee jerk, um, you know, statting out by me. But you know, Ronald Jones at 35, Leonard Fournette at 41. Uh, so neither one of them are, you know, in that, you know, Leonard Ronald Jones right in the RB three range per se, right? But you know, thirty five doesn't really help anybody. Um, I think that Ronald Jones probably will hold this backfield for you know at least the first two weeks. Um, you know, I don't think Leonard Fournette comes and takes it from him right away. You know, but I do think that. There is a possibility that Leonard Fournette does take this backfield away from him. Um, not sure when. Maybe it's week three. Maybe it's week five. Maybe it's week eight. Who knows? But um, I'm at a point where these guys were Leonard Fournette. I think he's still like we just drafted Greg. And he went in the sixth round, and then Ronald Jones went in the seventh. Um, you know, I'm not really interested in either one of those guys at that price. I mean, like I told you before the draft, if Ronald Jones fell to round eight, round nine, maybe I'd be interested. Um, Leonard Fournette, I think he's going to end up going higher than that, you know, maybe round five, round six. And so, therefore, I, I wouldn't be interested because um, I, I typically like to like to take the cheaper player. But um, where are you at with this, Greg? So, yeah, we were talking before the draft. I do think, you know, just looking at it, Leonard Fournette is the better player, NFL player. So, at the end of the day, he will end up taking this job, I think, and just – being the guy down the line that the Bucks, you know, I think are just going to use as like a, a, you know, maybe more touches and just down the line, a more physical back uh, for playoff time and then clutching the home games and stuff like that. So uh, I would be happy if he was my RB3, and then that's probably about it. Um, I wouldn't lean. I've never had a Fournette stock in my previous fantasy years. I've never, I don't have him this year, so I'm not going to go reach for Fournette, but. I think I would be happy with him if he was my RB three. Yeah, I mean it, that's uh, definitely a, a situation that's you know harder to read now than it was. I mean, it just really does suck for Ronald Jones's fantasy yeah. value because oh, he yeah. was such a value where he was Absolutely. in the fifth round, sixth round. He was such a value. Um, I mean, when you think about it. You know, Leonard Fournette's not getting a ton of money. Um, you know, they don't, you know, and outside of, you know, Ronald Jones, who do they really have to be a prototypical 
backup to to Ronald Jones. If Ronald Jones were to go down, like it's it's not going to be shady. Uh, they have a they've clearly told you by everything that they've done and everything they said that they don't believe in Keyshawn Vaughn, at least not now. Um, so I mean, I, I, there is a there is a world. You know, there's range of outcomes. There is a world where Ronald Jones holds this backfield. You know, because if he comes out at the gate and he's just, you know, ripping it up because, you know, he, we have heard of all the reports about him improving as a player. Um, you know, so if we haven't seen the best Ronald Jones, I mean, I can't believe I'm doing this right now because, I, like we talked about, I, I was not a fan of Ronald Jones last year. Um, but... You know, just all everything that we've heard out of camp, him getting bigger, him working on his pass game, it's there is a world where he could he could probably hold Leonard Fren at all for how That's long I don't know how true, that, how but long then that is. even then his, I then I can't even like buy his cap then because at the very least his cap will be significantly decreased because you know I feel like near the goal line near in the red zones for net time all the time because it's a big boy still and he's physically a freaking nature still so I would give it to. Fournette, as far as getting touchdowns. Yeah, Fournette, Fournette probably will end up with more touchdowns regardless of what the role is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but then it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it, it is what it is. I mean, I just, I know, I, I know you said you're, you're not really going to touch that situation. I know I'm not really touching that situation. I mean, I have so much Ronald Jones right now, I can't get my hands out of it, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, every draft that I've done since that, uh, since that news, I mean, I'm probably not looking because Fournette, where Fournette is going again, that's the DJ Shark, the Terry McLaurin range. Um, you know, you're yeah. looking at, at 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 those at those guys. I mean, by the time we get to drafts, I mean, that's where that's where he'll be. I mean, as as long as once the ADP calibrates to him being on the Bucks, um, after calibrating for him being cut off the Jags, but, um, yeah. and I don't, you know, that's a decision. Oh, I was going to say, and then I'm probably not favoring the, uh, Jacksonville backfield as well either. Yeah. That was another thing we could talk about. Not really. Oh yeah. Fan of that. I mean, bit, James Robinson. No, that's fine. If anyone wants, I will, I will take him with my last pick of the draft though. <laughs> so what gives you, I mean, we haven't seen Dan, James Robinson play. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 undrafted free agent. We haven't seen him play. Um, but all those other guys like, yeah, are going. It's Chris Thompson. That. Yeah, it's, it's Chris Thompson time, really. But as far as like, especially in the football and PPR league, that man he could be a solid flex for you. He could be great in bye weeks. Uh, he could be even RB two in some weeks because him and Jay Gruden are go hand in hand. Um, yeah, but if. Uh, other than that, yeah, I don't. I don't really want to touch anyone. But yeah, James Robinson, I'll, I'll take if like it was the last pick, and I don't have anyone else to do. I I already told you who I'm in on, but for me, um, it's Lavisca Chenault, man. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is six two, two hundred and twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds. Uh, played wide. He was drafted in the second round by the Jacksonville Jaguars as a wide receiver, but. At Colorado, he played wide receiver, running back, tight end, wildcat quarterback. I'm pretty sure he played defense if they asked him to. Um, but, you know, this guy, I think, it's, I mean, there's conversations right now that D.D. Westbrook could potentially get cut from the Jags I roster. I did see that. 
So now we're talking about LaVisca Chenault potentially being the number two receiver in Jacksonville. So, you know, we could, I could sell you on the story that LaVisca Chenault's probably the second best playmaker on the Jags offense behind DJ Shark. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just hope this team is like good enough to be able to use someone other than Henry and Shark. I mean, sorry, not Henry and Shark, but just Shark other than that. Because <laughs> you know they are going to expect to be a bad team. I mean, besides, Chris, you know, Chris Thompson's going to be involved just off the fact that they'll be playing in negative game script like all year. So then, I guess yeah, Chanel should be able to. If they're going to use him in all types of plays. I, I I could sign up for that. Yeah, I mean, if he's on the field in those passing situations, then that that just makes him a viable. I mean, granted, how it'll come down to Gardner Minshew. Right, I mean, which you know, we both believe in Gardner Minshew and his ability to play the position. Yeah, um, and that should bump up his passing volume a lot too. Actually, with Fournette being yeah, on. this is going to pump up his his passing volume. This potentially pump, bumps up his rushing production as well because, um, you know, Gardner Minshew ran the ball a little bit last year, um, and maybe down by the goal line where Fournette, um, you know, he he didn't score a lot of touchdowns, but he was uh, up there in terms of in terms of carries down by the goal line. So maybe this turns into more red zone attempts for Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, so I think this, you know, it's tough to get on a quarterback that's probably going to have the number one overall pick because that means they're probably playing with some negative game script there, um, which means maybe some sacks, sack fumbles, interceptions are happening. Um, you know, but it's DJ Shark. And then, you know, for me, I mean, if we're going to take any shot on this offense, for me, it would be it would be Lavisca Chanel just because, you know, I like I also like to value versatility, and obviously I don't know what his role is going to be from out the gate in terms of if if he's going to get some rushing attempts, um, but you know when they drafted him, they talked about him as somebody that they planned on using in a lot of different ways, and obviously coaches say that all the time, GMs say that all the time, but um, yeah, no, he's somebody that I'm I'm stashing in 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 drafts right now. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Uh, yeah, other than I did add Chris Thompson the moment the news happened, so I'm also rooting for Chris Thompson. But, yeah, I think at the very least he's the safe play, and then LaVisca with some upside be real nice. Just uh, hybrid players are give a lot of intrigue, even though Curtis Samuel's not doing well in camp. But, you know, it's always good intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a little, that's a little upsetting to hear about Curtis Samuel. But, you know, I, I still believe that there's a there, – you know how these coaches are, man. They're so neurotic. They're not going to want to show anything. Like I'm, I'm guaranteeing the way that the the, the ways that they want to use Curtis Samuel. Like they're not even showing those yet. Yeah, hopefully. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But um, Greg. So you know, we covered this news. Um, uh, this is a very light setting for the show today. Um, you know, because technically we're supposed to be off. <laughs> Word, yeah, but, you know, you um, boys in Philly tomorrow, so yeah, you know, I'm on vacation mode already. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. See, um, so Greg, where are you at? I mean, we're gonna run through this really quick, division by division. We're gonna give our our division winners, um, and then we're gonna give our our Super Bowl picks at the end of this. So, Greg. The New England Patriots have a nine, a nine, uh, over under of nine set by Vegas. Um, you know these aren't the fully updated. These are the ones that I, I, I got um, about a month ago. But 
The New England Patriots over under is set for nine. The Bills eight and a half. The the New York Jets six and a half, and the Dolphins six. So who do you have finishing first in this division? I still have the New England Patriots. Um, I was still I was kind of leaning towards maybe the Bills, but then when they signed Cam, it just I re switched focus. I realized my what I'm doing. It's got, it's got to be the Pats. Bill Belichick still the most plan coach, game plan in the team in the league in AFC East. They should be fine. I think they'll be good. Even though their defensive starters went out, I still think uh, they'll be solid and ready for the, to take the division. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, I actually, I have the Patriots. I've, I If you told me Jarrett Stidham was the quarterback, I was still picking the Patriots. Like, I, I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really care. Um, you know, Belichick is, is the greatest coach of all time. And, you know, I don't care if, if, if you give him, you know, 11 Dante Howers or 11 of, of me and you, Greg, like, he'll figure it out. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think I think that the Patriots, you know, st- still their division until someone takes it from them. And I think that they're going to to continue to show why, you know, why they're one of the dominant teams in in the league. Uh, that sucked to say. And so um, heading over to the AFC North, Greg, what do you got in terms of, I mean, so the, the Ravens have an 11 and a half over under. Uh, the Steelers are at nine. The Browns are at eight and a half. And then the, the Bengals are at five and a half. What do you got here, Greg? Oh, yeah. Uh, Baltimore all the way. Uh, I just think. They should start a run of where they dominate this, this division. Um, it is a very tough division. Winning games in this division is it is tough, especially because I know I th- I th- we think Cleveland's gonna be better, and and Pittsburgh is just such a well coached team. They don't give a lot of fight, so you know they're always gonna be in the wild card hunt and in the in the divisional hunt as well. But uh, I think Baltimore ends up winning enough games outside the division that uh, they end up with twelve wins again and take it. Yeah, man, I, I've got Baltimore winning this division as well. Although I do have the Browns and the Steelers both making it to the playoffs. Yeah, this could be a three-team, uh, especially with the added spot in the playoffs now. This could be a favorite yeah. to, to get three teams in um, as well at the NFC West too. Yeah, so I, I, I do I do like both of those teams to, um, you know, I, I do like those teams to be able to, to make it out of the AFC, the AFC North there. Um, so, hold on, sorry. So, Greg, we've got the end, the AFC South now. So we've got the Titans at eight and a half, the Colts at eight and a half, the Broncos. Nope, not the Broncos. We've got the Texans at seven and a half, and then we've got the Jags at five. What do you got there? Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain on this one. You know, they won the division the last two years. I'm, st- I'm going to go with the Texans. Uh, I still think, you know, even with the loss of D-Hop, I, I think we'll see. People are just, you know, disrespecting Deshaun. I think he's probably the most disrespected player in the NFL. I think he's like the Damian Lillard of the NFL. So I think he's going to show people, you know, he could lead a team uh, and carry teams to, to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I so I've got the Colts winning this division. I just think just... You know that offensive line, uh, that defense getting DeForest Buckner over there. I think he he adds a ton to that defense. Um, you know they they did add Xavier Rhodes, who while washed, I think that they could they could probably hide him pretty well. Um, you know, not asking to be on an island with the team's number one receiver. 
Um, and then, you, you know, obviously the running game here and then, you know, the weapons that Phillip Rivers are going to have on the outside. And then obviously I know Phillip Rivers gets a ton of flack, but, you know, the, the coach that got the best out of Phillip Rivers was Frank Reich. And, you know, Phillip Rivers has never been behind an offensive line this good. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the I'm taking the Colts on that one. Um, but I do think that, the, you know, with that seventh wild card spot, it does get, you know, with that. You know, the seventh wild card spot or the third wild card spot, but the seventh playoff spot, it does get interesting there because you know you are going to have the the Texans and potentially the Titans here competing with the Browns and and the um, the Browns and the Steelers for that seventh playoff spot or you know that sixth seventh playoff spot. So I think it does get interesting there. Um, I, I do feel bad betting against Deshaun though. Yeah. Um, AFC West. Uh, we've got the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, eleven and a half point favorites. We've got the L.A. Chargers at eight po- at eight game favorites. Uh, the, the why am I saying favorites? We've got the Denver Broncos, seven and a half over under, and the Ra- the Oak or Las Vegas Raiders with seven and a half over under. So, Greg, what do you got in the AFC West? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs here. Just went like how Baltimore, I think, should make a run for the AFC North. The Chiefs should make that run for the AFC West and dominate. Uh, so I got them winning, just best all-around team. Their defense it, well improved from last year, and I think they just keep getting better. So uh, I, I, they're well-balanced now, and that's all they really needed was to have a respectable defense because their offense is the most prolific in the league. So they're they're good. The Chiefs all the way. Yeah, man, it's Chiefs all the way for me, too. There's, like, no contest here. So, moving on to the NFC East. So, we've got the Eagles with 9.5, the Cowboys with 9.5, the Giants with 6, and the Washington football team with 5. So, Greg, what do you got here? Uh, So, I'm going to go with the Eagles just because, at the end of the day, I don't trust the Cowboys with every time they have a talented roster. I still don't trust them to get it done late in the clutch around like week after week 12 to week week 16 to get those wins and stuff. So I'm going to go with the Eagles again. Just well coached. Uh, they figure it out. Next man up strategies all the time. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm so conflicted on this one because if you ask me this, like, Literally three months ago, I would have told you the Eagles like unequivocally without a doubt. But then you fast forward to now and they've lost their left tackle for the season. They've lost their left. They've lost their right guard for the season. They've just lost Jalen Rager for who knows how long. Uh, Maybe uh, they're saying I've heard two weeks. I've heard a month. Um, You know, Alshon Jeffrey's still on the pup. You know, they're just dealing with, you know, Miles Sanders has his hamstring injuries right now. They're just dealing with so much. I mean, that, that's every and year. Then, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> no, you're right. Eagles. You know, and we're already talking about Carson Wentz having a potential injury. Yeah. Like, we're, already, we're already talking about that. Um, And then you look at the Cowboys. They got a new coach and Mike McCarthy. Um, You know, I read, I read something today because the biggest problem last year with the Cowboys was Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, had that offense rolling. But then, at some point, Jason Garrett started getting involved. You know, and they started being conservative and stopped being aggressive. 
Um, Mike McCarthy said, like, he's getting out of Kellen Moore's way. And he's just going to let Kellen Moore do his thing. And so I see stuff like that. And, you know, their defense got a little bit better this year. So I don't know. I'm probably still picking the Eagles, though. I'm still going to pick the Eagles. I just wanted to just state the case for the for the Cowboys. Because if I see something, you know, I always hate doing this. I've told you this before, Greg, but I always hate doing this because... Um, I don't know who's gonna win this. Who's gonna win the Super Bowl in in uh in like right before Week One? Because we could see something in Week One and like completely change our opinion, right? Like, you know, after Week Two, we saw the Niners and we're like, "Yo, the Niners are legit." <laughs> so something could always change my mind. So we'll see. Um, moving on to the NFC North, Greg, the Green Bay Packers nine nine games, the Minnesota Vikings eight and a half, the uh, Chicago Bears eight and the uh, Detroit Lions six and a half. I think I'm gonna go with the Vikings here. I think they're going to be, you know, just the most balanced team as far as their defense and their their offense. Um, I think you know, Pat, Pat Packers got a little lucky last year with the, some of their wins. Um, just as far and they they get crushed by you know teams with with good lines and good defenses, well, good pressure on on Aaron Rodgers. So. I think Minnesota gets the edge of them in the division as far as that, especially with their new trade. So I'm going with the Vikings. Yeah, and the, the trade you're referencing there is uh, edge rusher Yannick Ngakwe coming from the Jags. Uh, we covered that on Sunday or on Monday, on our Monday episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't see how you, you know, I, I like what you said there about the Packers, you know, uh, you know, with the with the way a lot of their games played out last year, they they won a, a crazy amount of one score games. Uh, you know, very lucky from from that standpoint. So I, I you know I do think the Vikings uh, take this step here, win this division. Um, the Lions though, they're they're like sneaky, man. Oh, every year, yeah, the, Lions are usually they're like sneaky. sneaky. Yeah, they started off well last year, and then they just melted down right after that loss to the Chiefs in like overtime or the last play of the game crazy um so moving on to the nfc south we've got the new orleans saints at ten and a half the tampa bay bucks at nine and a half the falcons at seven and a half and the carolina panthers at five and a half where are you at greg i had the saints until tampa bay got fournette and i'm going with tampa bay now i think fournette just makes them uh as far as you know having multiple running backs multiple good running backs that just makes life so much easier it's really hard to are going to be hard to cover uh, which one you want to take. Pick your poison. So if you want to stack the box, they're just going to go and attack those receivers. Is 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 tough, and uh, their defense is improving. They were already good last year, and they addressed their safety issues. Uh, you know, with Winfield Jr. So I, I like the Bucks. Yeah, man, I I actually do not hate you for taking the Bucks. Um, I do think both these teams got the ten wins. You know, maybe even more. Um, because I'm going to take the Saints, and it's only because yeah. you know we look at these two teams, and it's just for me, it's going to come down to continuity. Um, you know, Drew Brees could probably run Sean Payne's offense with his eyes closed. <laughs> Word, and, you know, him and Sean Payne, they don't even have to talk about anything. Like him and Michael Thomas, they have all their nonverbal communication down. Like I wouldn't be surprised know, if Brady so, already had everything down already, though. <laughs> Oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, I wouldn't be surprised either. 
Uh, I think he obviously understood what the challenge was ahead of him. Um, you know, I will, like, full disclosure, like, I made, um, obviously, I talked about it before, um, but, you know, I have my model here that to help me sort out these, these game lines and these over-unders, and I put in a bet, you know, on the model, all the division winners, um, and I, the Bucks, I have them projected for 10 point, for 9.9 wins, and the Saints for 10.2 wins, and I, like, my heart told me the Bucks, or like, my brain told me the Bucks that day when I, when I put the bet in, and that was back in, like, you know, May or June, and, um, I'd put two bets in, one with the Saints won the division, and one where the Bucks won the division, because I really couldn't make up my mind, that's how close it is in my mind as well, um, but, you know, that's why I'm just kind of sticking with the you know, with, with, there's one variable that's here. It's COVID. So I'm just like, okay, which team has an advantage over COVID? And I, in, in my opinion, it's the Saints just because of how long all their integral pieces have spent together. Yeah. But um, moving on to another division that's probably tough, just as tough to pick. Uh, we've got the NFC West. Uh, we've got the San Fran 49ers, uh, NFC champion San Francisco 49ers at 10.5. We've got the Seattle Seahawks at nine and a half. We've got the uh, L.A. Rams at eight and a half, and then the Arizona Cardinals, the media darlings, at seven. So, Greg, what do you got? I'm going to go with Seattle. Uh, they are my Super Bowl pick coming out of the NFC. So, yeah, I'm a I'm gonna go with them to win the division. They uh, were just as good as the 49ers. Just they got edged out in you know those games. They were close just as well. I think Seattle takes the division uh, just by game. Yeah, I can't hate that pick at all. Um, I'm actually going to go back to the San Fran. Well, uh, I like what they're building over there in San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, that defense, you know, even though they, they do give up to Forrest Buckner, uh, they did draft Javon Kinlaw. They've got Nick Bosa. So they've got the, they've got the horses up front. Um, obviously Kyle Shanahan is an offensive mastermind and, um, yeah, I, 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 I like, you know, what they, what they have over there. Um, but you know what? I can't even hate the Seattle pick. Like, I just really hope that they let Russ cook, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's really it. That's what it comes down just to. Just let Russ play the first three quarters. Like he plays the fourth quarter and they'll be good. Yeah. Yep. So, so Greg, your Super Bowl pick. You already alluded to one of them coming out of the NFC. That's that's your that's the Seattle Seahawks. And who's your AFC representative? Yeah, I got Seattle versus Patty and the Chiefs uh, for the Super Bowl. And then you know I'm a, I'm gonna go with my man. You know we, we're gonna start a little dynasty here. We're gonna Patty back to back, baby. That's two times. Let's go. Oh man. Okay. So I am actually gonna go with. Uh, I'm. <sighs> Yo, so I know I just picked them to win to win their division. I'm going with the Saints here. Um, I, I, you know, you were on the phone with me that that one time when I when I literally did this exercise. I, I put my fingers to my head and was you know gun to my head. Who am I taking? And my answer was the Saints from the NFC. Uh, I think everything that they've done, uh, you you know you, you know trying getting Drew Brees back for that one more year. Um, convincing Alvin Kamara to play back to play under his current contract um you know we didn't talk about Alvin Kamara by the way but Alvin Kamara under his current contract but um you know 
and now even potentially making a push to sign Jadavian Clowney, which they're trying to do. That was the latest news between them or Tennessee. Um, you know, they're they're making this run for the Super Bowl. They've literally been on the doorsteps of it the last uh, two or three years now, it feels like. And, you know, I think they finally get back to it. And uh, I think that they'll be facing, for my AFC, my AFC representative, the, the Baltimore Ravens, man. I think Lamar gets the monkey off his back. Uh, finally wins a playoff game, maybe two here, and uh, well, definitely two here, and uh, you know makes it to the Super Bowl and takes down Drew Brees, sending him off into retirement with uh, his lone ring, and finally getting his first man. I like that. I like that a lot. I feel like if Drew Brees loses the Super Bowl, he's definitely coming back, though. I just feel it. <laughs> He'd be so upset. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's coming he, back? No, no if he man, loses, he's got to go he out. If he loses, oh, if he loses, he's yeah, coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. I feel, like he, I feel like he would, too. I mean, if you ask him right after the game, he's like, no, I'm coming back. Yep. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Um, um, so, I mean, we, we missed the Alvin Kamara news. I mean, it was, it, was, it's, it was like news, and then it wasn't news, and then it was news again. Um, but Alvin Kamara, he... He supposedly uh, was missing practice. He missed practice, unexcused absences, even though he was in the facility getting epidural shots in his back. Um, the 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 absences were contract related, apparently. Um, you know, then it had come out that the Saints were willing to trade Alvin Kamara. Then it had come out that Alvin Kamara wasn't requesting a trade, and then it came out that. Alvin Kamara and the Saints have talked, and they're on good terms again. Uh, and then it came out that they were like $2 million apart. But Alvin Kamara doesn't want Christian McCaffrey money, but apparently wants more than what Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon got. Um, that gap is like $4 million, so maybe he's asking for 14 or 15 or asking for 13 I don't, I don't really know. I don't have the specifics. But... Uh, he's back at practice now. He's practicing. Greg, where are you at with this Alvin Kamara news, not news, news? If you draft Alvin Kamara, just draft Latavius Murray. It's that simple. You'll be good. Whatever happens, yeah, that's all. I'm, I'm a, you know, I said it before. That's, that's, that's really where I'm at with that. All, you know, just get Latavius. I am a f- I'm nervous about the one thing that wasn't talked about in this entire you know, conversation about, oh, the contract, the contract was, yeah, no, Alvin Kamara was in the facility. He had an epidural shot in his back. Wait, wait, what? Can we talk about that? Because, I mean, they don't just give epidural shots for nothing, right, Greg? I mean, nah. not a doctor here, but I, like, what? Probably like a, you know, level of cortisone shot for a shoulder or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, if uh, you know, he did that with injuries last year. He didn't play a lot all la- last year uh, healthy. But, you know, that would be addressed if you just have Latavius Murray because you have RB1 chilling on the bench ready to go. Yeah, but I don't want <laughs> I don't want 70% of Alvin Kamara. I want all of Alvin Kamara because for all that 70%, like I should just take Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I uh, I think still he's still super efficient, so he still be uh, at worst, the uh, low end RB one, but uh, but you're yeah. drafting him at four. <laughs> yeah, you're drafting him at four. A low end yeah. RB one at four. Yeah, that is true. Right, like I think this is definitely something that needs to be considered. 
Um, I mean, I'm an Alvin Kamara owner in our League of Extraordinary People, and I did not get Latavius Murray because I got beat out by one pick. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, this nah, is not I would be nervous good about news. That. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not great news. Definitely not something you want to have. Just but contract like, issues in again. General. Even if he plays, right? Like, no, you know what? Just like what you just said, contract issues, right? Kamara doesn't have a contract. So what if it's like week three, week four, and Kamara's like. Hey, why am I getting epidural shots? I don't have a contract. Yeah. <laughs> Let me I'll just not play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this Mixon is definitely. Contract, so. Yeah. Joe Mixon got paid. Joe, so, you know, those migraines, you know, magically went away. Yep. <laughs> um, but Alvin Kamara is not imagining his back pain because apparently they're bad enough to have to get epidural shots. So. Yeah, get Latavius Murray, or um, I don't know. I just I really like. I I was in a. I think if I was in a draft and I had the four pick, I I would have really have to consider Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I or I would yet start to pick from under anything below five under the five mark. So, like one one through five. So I've never been in position to get any of the top four. Um, yeah, I w- I wouldn't. So if you were you. picking at four, Greg. Uh, if I was picking at four, you know, I just would you take? Would you go Clyde? Uh, still, I think. I mean, I, I took Derrick Henry over. Uh, I still think I would take Clyde over Derrick Henry, but I would probably take Dalvin Cook over both of them. Uh, if I'm gonna not take Kamara, it would be for Dalvin Cook, yeah, as well. But then yeah, I, I think would, that's I would, I I think would that's sure Madison too. They both come. Yeah, with no, some, absolutely. Some, if you uh, get, if you you have risk. to get Madison as you know for sure. Yeah, it's just like so. The Saints also have you know Ty Montgomery in that backfield as well, right? So like, if Latavius Murray, if Alvin Kamara goes down, like I don't think Latavius Murray is going to be the lead guy. You know, maybe he'll he'll take seventy percent of the backfield work, but I think. Ty Montgomery will probably get, end up getting some of that reception work, but you'll know that Latavius Murray is going to get fifteen to twenty carries. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love Murray. Yeah, Murray as a one is golden. I think. Yeah, I mean, because what, because what, at least with the, at least with Dallas, right? I mean, I think Latavius has definitely more standalone value than Alexander Madison because yes. with Dalvin Cook in in Minnesota, like. He's getting all the touches, and Alexander Madison is is only playing if if they have a big lead or something. Yeah, Murray gets a certain number of carries every year and a certain number of touchdowns every year. Five and about a hundred yeah. carries, hundred twenty carries. So, yeah, standalone value. Right yeah, there. no. Yeah, he's he definitely has a standalone value. It's just, I mean, I guess as a as a Kamara owner without without Latavius Murray, luckily I've insulated myself uh, with all my running back depth. Um. You know, which, like I always say, you you like to have a lot of running backs on your team to kind of, you know, so you don't have to have your necessarily your safety net, but you can have other you know nets around around uh, you know cover yourself with other running backs around the league. But um, get Latavius Murray. Don't be yeah. like me. Yeah. So Greg, how early would you would you reach to get Latavius Murray? Um. What is usually going sixth round? I would go for sixth round. Like I would, 
Fahad Kamara. Latavius I, Murray's going in like the eighth, ninth round. Eighth, oh ninth, yeah, tenth yeah. Round I, if like if I had Kamara, I, yeah, the most I've reached, yes, seventh, sixth round, I would probably take him like over Jordan Howard or something like that. If I had Kamara, <laughs> yeah, you know. So the reason why I guess just want to explain to everyone the reason why I don't, I tried, I don't try to force. You know, getting insurance policies at the running back position because I like to try to increase my upside. Because if I have Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, right, um, but I took Latavius Murray instead of drafting, let's say, Zach Moss, right? If Zach Moss ends up to be the lead back in Buffalo and Alvin Kamara stays healthy, you know, or, you know, doesn't have a contract situation, I have two lead backs. I have two potential you know, top 12 or top 15 guys. Right. But if I get Latavius Murray, then all I'm doing is just, you know, that's a, it's, it's not a, it's not the, it's not the pure floor play that like getting Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds is. Cause like, you know, Chase Edmonds isn't playing unless Kenyon Drake isn't healthy, but it's uh it's, it's a more of a for a floor play than a ceiling play. And that's it. There's no, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. It's just what kind of, you know, fantasy manager are you and what kind of team are you trying to put together yeah me, me i just hate feeling bad about my first round pick at any in any way i would just hate can't live with myself so i just i'll just do it yeah man i hear that so all right greg we are definitely wrapping this up we stayed on longer than we anticipated but you know i think that just shows our passion for for what it is that we do here at fantasy football diagnostics so if you appreciate our passion and you appreciate what we're doing here, um, all the work that we're putting in, uh, then you know go ahead, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or Overcast or whatever it is that you're listening to us, um, and just go ahead, leave us a review. You know, write the review. That always t- goes a long way. Or you could just leave us the five stars because that also helps you know, helps people find the show, helps us get a little bit more notoriety. Um, so we can just continue to d- deliver that content and, and spread the love that is hashtag DX tribe. So, um, with that being said, Greg, enjoy your time in Philly. Uh, Bianca and I will be in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, it's not Halloween time. So I actually got lucky with that part. So, um, but you know, enjoy Labor Day weekend, everybody. And be safe. And as always, we are out. Yeah.